hello hi hi everyone um so obviously i've been gone for several months but don't worry nobody complained um that's a really bad joke i'm just saying nobody cared and that's all right so anyway um i don't know if i'm 100 percent ready to do like uh, to be like back full time I guess uh, I do have a few cases that are done and some that are like half like researched and stuff but I will get back on the horse um, things are just a little bit weird because I had a surgery and then it was like the holidays and stuff and um, I I couldn't uh, like I couldn't write at all um, and typing was kind of hard so it just made it difficult to research things and stuff. So I just put everything on pause for a while. And then I'm having another surgery next month. So that's why I'm saying I'm not sure. Um, I don't want to commit and say, yes, I'm going to do it every week. But I do have, uh, I bought a new microphone, um, which is now mobile, portable. So I'm able to go around um, and kind of like <laughs> podcast on the go or whatever, do it whenever I need to. So that will allow me to... I put them out faster just because of my schedule it gets weird and I have time during the day and I couldn't take all my podcast gear with me um where I go so it just didn't make any sense so I had to wait and whatever nobody cares so anyway um today I've been okay this is hard for me um today I have decided to finally well I've been contemplating talking about this for a really long time so um well, I'll just say uh, recently I started, uh, listening to this podcast called Something Was Wrong by Tiffany Reese, and it's a really great podcast. I think that she does an amazing job with it. It's, there's a lot of, like, each season has something different, and so there's just different stories. They're all real people. Um, they are mostly women, uh, but there's also, like, men who talk on there. It, it's done interview style, like, kind of like, well, interview style, kind of like a like a documentary but like not a documentary obviously but anyway the the stories are really um compelling they really get me because uh they sort of center around abuse and I've experienced that from my partner but they also talk about even just sort of like abuse from a coworker or you know different things so it's it's very interesting it's a very interesting listen so I do think um if you're ever interested sort of in you know how so many of these cases are like are like a of a, a woman who was murdered by her husband or you know crazy th crazy things like that or there was like a lover's quarrel or whatever like those kind of situations this is sort of like the before because i think so many of these people are these weird like you know those kind of people who have no feel like kind of like uh have a personality disorder they don't care they're very narcissistic and all these things. So I just I find it interesting because you get to hear it from their the, the 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 people around them like you know how they sort of got to do the things they did. So I uh, whatever, it's just a really cool podcast. So if you want to listen to that or go over there take a look, it's pretty cool. Um the first season got me and then after that um, she sort of switched it up a little bit and like I think right now season 10 there's like individuals each episode is one individual story where before you know it'd be like a 10 episode season with the full story um, and in interviews from different people that were involved but anyway all right so back to my story so um, like I said I've contemplated talking about this for a very long time but that podcast 
I like it because, like I said, they kind of tell you how it gets there because sometimes it seems from the outside and you think, well, you know, how could you allow this to happen or, or you know, how did it get here? How did it get to this point? Or, you know, people can be abused in so many different ways or taken advantage of financially, you know, emotionally, just so many different things. And so um, I think sharing these stories are important because we all know now by sharing what to look for um, because something I noticed is that there'll be a lot of a lot of patterns a lot of these people a lot of these stories have the same things happen or you know first comes this and it, you know it's just these like things where you can look out for if, if that happens to you in your relationship or in a friendship or whatever it's like red flag you know it's you'll just know so anyway um if you hear banging i'm sorry i'm trying to adjust my microphone um, all right, so, all right, so where do I even start? Um, well, so my experience started when I was a teenager. Um, and I don't even know how much I want to go into it, but, you know, even just my childhood and everything sort of m- made me be more, um, susceptible i guess to certain tactics so for example like gaslighting i've sort of been gaslit my whole life and so for me i think that was something that was very easy that was something that would be easy for somebody to do to me uh i never knew what gaslighting was i didn't know there was a term i didn't even know like what the signs were when it whenever i was gaslit you're left feeling you are left feeling odd, confused, you know, different things, but, you know, you do accept it, and so, um, I don't know, it's, it, you know, for me, all of these, like, signs, I didn't know, yeah, I just didn't know any of them, and so, that just made me an easy target, um, because, like, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know, if you you know what to look for, you know to get out, or get help, or whatever, but I didn't, So, anyway, um, the other thing, too, is just, like, abuse is very, it's humiliating and it's isolating. So, like, for years, for me, I just dealt with it. Um, All of this was was years, like I said, you know, and I just dealt with it. Nobody really in my life, like, knows most of it. Nobody even knows there was an issue, really. Um... And the thing that's important, I think, to say even is that for me, um, it was emotional abuse for most of it. It was mostly just emotional abuse. But eventually, and this is a thing, like abuse happens slowly too. You know, after six years is when it started to become a physical thing. So, um, you know, I did I, like, you know, it's it's very easy once it becomes physical to say, okay, I'm done. And once it became physical, like for me, I did, I did leave but um but you know even as unhappy as you are or you know whatever is happening it's very difficult to leave and I I just remember how trapped I felt I felt completely 100% trapped I did not know how to leave at all so um yeah so just before I kind of really go into my story I just wanted to say some statistic just 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 to put it out there um so that so that you know like it's very common it's something that's very common it happens to men and to women 
um and everybody's story matters and i think that like i said is very humiliating humiliating and people don't understand people always say well why didn't you leave and this and that and i think questions like that make people not want to talk about it and they just stay in it and so um i just want to give this these statistics because i want you to understand as a listener how um how common it is so here's like one statistic for example one in four women and one in nine men um experience severe abuse um so this includes like physical violence sexual violence stalking you know things like that um one in three women and one in four men have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. So just think about those numbers. One in three women, one in four men. Likely that you know three women in your life and you know four men in your life. And one of those people have been abused. I mean, that's that's a very high number. Um, so just I, like I said, it's, it's common and most people just deal with it on their own and in silence. So I just wanted to to say those things so you know how how it is it's okay because um it's okay to talk about like the likelihood is you'll run into somebody who knows exactly what you're talking about um so like on a typical day there are more than 20,000 phone calls placed to domestic violence hotlines nationwide so that's that's just the ones that are being that's just somebody actually calling imagine how many people don't call um you know, I've never called a hotline and I was abused and anybody I know who's experienced the same or similar haven't called a hotline either. So 20,000 calls a day to a hotline. Imagine how many, how many are the, are not being reported at all. You know, there is no call to anybody. Um, so the presence of a gun in a domestic violence situation increases the risk of homicide by 500%. So if you are in a situation where it's, um, you know you're you're being abused violently physically and you know that your partner has access to a gun can get a gun um has a gun or something uh you should get out or you know ask for help as as hard as it may be i'm just saying because you know that like i said it, everything will always escalate it, it never gets better and um the presence of a gun increases the risk of homicide by 500 percent that's insane one in 15 children are exposed to intimate partner violence each year and 90 percent of those children are eyewitnesses to this violence so they have literally witnessed the violence so just imagine imagine what that does to their psyche to their development you know what that means for their future um you know innocent kids that have no part in it um so for those of you who say well i don't i'm not in that situation i don't know anybody in that situation there is even an economic uh impact from domestic violence so um the victims of intimate partner violence lose a total of 8.0 million days of paid work each um the cost of intimate partner violence exceeds 18 8.3 billion dollars per year so just like um you know that i mean that's a lot of money just on on these domestic and again this is this is stuff that is people that are asking you know for help people that have to take time off you know um people when you're in a uh, situation 
where things become physical things break you know so all of this you know affects the economy i feel like i'm saying you know a lot i'm sorry anyway so between 21 and 60 percent of victims of intimate partner violence lose their jobs due to reasons stemming from abuse again that's an economic uh, impact they could then end up going on welfare or you know whatever the case may be that directly affects the um I'm sorry. I, like I said, it's the daytime right now. So if you hear background noises like a motorcycle right now, I'm sorry. Um, so between 2003 and 2008, 142 women were murdered in their workplace by their abuser at work. Imagine that. 78% of women killed in the workplace during this time. 70% of women. I wrote that very weird. Oh, 70% were women that were killed in the workplace during this time frame so this is um obviously like i said it's a huge problem i mean even at work that's crazy so um obviously like there's i'm not trained to talk about any of this um there's many resources i could have even read the statistics i just wrote it down like i said my my hand still hurts so some of it might not even be correct i'm sorry if it's not but i took it directly from the domestic uh, actually i'll link it i'll link the website um and uh but so anyway so i'm there's many resources out there i'm not one to say anything about it i'm only here really to just share my own story and just like i said Let's just all share our personal experience just so we can help others to, like I said, recognize the small things that will happen in their relationships around them and recognize these signs. Maybe even your friend or mother or sister or brother are in a relationship where you start to see these red flags. And if you know, if you know them, you know what to look for. That's all. Um, so anyway, uh, all right. So, you know, and, and the things like what you could look for are you know like the patterns of manipulation of gatekeeping of the gaslighting all those sort of things um those are you know those are all things to watch out for i'm not saying that directly means abuse or whatever but things that you should be looking out for um that way you don't get tricked or like kind of like forced into accepting it so Anyway, that podcast that I had mentioned before, um, something was wrong. Like I said, that's a great place to hear the different stories, different scenarios. And like I was saying earlier, like you'll notice patterns that the abusers, the, the bad person, whatever, that they all kind of do to get the things that they want. You'll see how they act so that they can get whatever it is they're trying to get whether it be get out of trouble get your help you know whatever get control you know whatever it is um they all sort of display these patterns and so that's why like i was saying i think it's important to tell these stories and and something was wrong is such a great place for that um i just want to shout like i said i want to shout out that um podcast so um from my story i i wrote down some bullet points to really tell it properly, I, I literally probably have to map it all out and take a long time for it to really make some sense. Um, but since I'm kind of just speaking from my memory here, it might be a little bit scattered. Like I said, I did make some bullet points uh, so, to sort of keep it coherent, but um, hopefully it's not that confusing. So for me, basically, I was in a relationship 
for well i was in a relationship in high school so um just for anonymity or whatever i'm gonna call my ex sam so um so okay so looking back and now knowing like what i know about abuse and all these things i see a lot of red flags that i didn't necessarily recognize back then so um i'm gonna focus on that i guess i'm not gonna tell the full story like i said because it's too long i mean we're talking years um but these are just sort of like these red flags that i can remember now looking back so when i was 15 um sam and i we started dating so we were at the same high school we went to the same high school and um you know we had a lot of similar friends in common whatever so um yeah we were in high school together he was like my high school sweetheart i guess you know we graduated we were still together for years after that so everybody i think at school for example thought we had this like good relationship or something i think people had this perception of the relationship that just wasn't the case um but anyway so back then um when i was 15 it was all about myspace and myspace just in case i mean i'm pretty sure everybody knows what myspace is in case you don't it was a social media platform it was really cool because you could like um like customize your profile and put music on there and it was it was it was fun so it was everybody was just on myspace all the time and and it was a great tool to have in general but like for him for example it was a great way to have access to me so basically you know he could talk to me all day every day and so for example like after school we would talk on myspace during the weekends we would talk on myspace you know whatever was happening we could just myspace each other and um so we were always in a way together um and i think that that was like a it was a great tool for love bombing me so love bombing i didn't know what that was um but he totally did it to me so basically in the beginning, he told me all these nice, beautiful things, all the things that any girl would want to hear. And, you know, all I ever wanted, like, like me personally, I wanted to be loved and accepted. And he made me feel that way. He made me feel like he could give it to me he was giving that to me um you know he made me feel so special he would make promises he would do like cute things dedicate songs to me or even sometimes like write a song for me supposedly um uh you know he would and i know you could say teenage love but he would even talk about like forever with me and i would say that was a little bit of a red flag because like i said it was total love bombing number one and number two um it was like uh it it, it was extreme like i don't know it wasn't like oh i love you forever kind of thing it was like i mean i don't even remember the words or anything but it was just very extreme it was like like it was like i'll take a bullet for you kind of situation like um very very like i don't know like a like a romeo and juliet play sort of thing and so anyway, so 
when for so in the beginning of the school year I guess it was like what my sophomore year um I remember he had kept pressuring me to sing to him I don't remember how this started or whatever but the whole thing was like he wanted me to sing to him and I am terrible at singing I wish I could sing I can't um if I could sing I would but I just don't and I feel very uncomfortable with it and I didn't especially at that time like I was like I'm not gonna sing for you um and it might seem like such a small thing like who cares right but this is what I'm saying it's these little things um because this is one of those things that really stand out to me now and so anyway so just I remember he so his birthday was in December um and he had basically given me a deadline and said that I had to do it by December basically and I just remember thinking like all right I'll just break up with him before then because I'm not doing that and I just kind of remember always from the beginning, I was thinking, I sort of, I gave myself that, um, what do you call it? Like that deadline, that that um, expiration date, if you will, for the relationship. That was my intention. And I find that also even a red flag where it's your intuition. My intuition was telling me leave by this time and I ignored it. I didn't do it. So I think that's another thing too, another red flag, which is listen to your gut. Um, but anyway, so um, I think like him pressuring me the way he did when I was so uncomfortable, um, I didn't understand what was necessarily wrong with it. Like I said, because it seems like such a, a simple thing, like, oh, just what's the big deal? Sing, sing anything, sing happy birthday or whatever. Um, but it was really, it wasn't about that. It was about how he wouldn't respect my boundaries, basically. He was forcing me into being uncomfortable. And like I said, like, it might seem insignificant, but eventually, I mean, he did this enough where whenever, I mean, he would, he pushed me so much about different things throughout the years that I had gotten used to it if that makes sense, like, this whole thing about being uncomfortable, he made me used to being that way, um, so that's why I'm saying it might seem like a small thing, but it's one time, it's two times, it's three times, it's four times, until you're sort of forced into accepting it, or, you know, you know, does that, I hope that makes sense, so, um, anyway, I just, I don't know, I just allowed many different things that I would never accept um and I just think I th- he had just it's you know what it is he had conditioned me it was like I was just conditioned at some point you know um another thing that I remember vividly too is like every birthday I had with him he somehow always managed to ruin it um like he would start an argument with me or uh, I don't know like one way or another he would find a way to sabotage my birthday um I remember even on my 21st birthday uh I had a great time um it's a long story I don't even know if I want to go into it but basically we ended up getting separated because we kind of had to and he left and you know, I didn't see him for hours, and at the end, he got really upset with me because of, 
because I guess because I had a good time, you know, and that was honestly a really good birthday. <laughs> and it was basically because we were forced to be apart for because of the circumstances. And um, then he managed to get into a huge fight with me afterwards because I was having a great time. Anyway, so, you know, that's another thing. Um, if they, the person can't give you your attention, your, you know, like, you know, they won't even allow you to have that. That's a red flag, you know. He couldn't even give me one day for myself to enjoy it, you know, my special day or whatever was some kind of, somehow like a threat to him or something. I don't, I mean, I don't know the psychology behind it. I know I've heard that abusers can do that where they, I don't know if it's jealousy. I don't know what it is. I, I, I but I, you know, I've heard about this. It's, this is something common. Um, so that's another red flag. So, um, another thing is I strongly believe, although I don't have like concrete proof, but, um, I believe that he would tell his friends, like, negative things. I think that, about me, like, I think that he would try to act like I was the ball and chain, if you will, and he wanted this perception, I think, like, his, I don't know, he wanted his friends to have this certain idea of me, and I, I would just remember little things that people would sort of tease about here and there and say, and I would, I remember I would just be always caught off guard and confused, and I noticed too, like, people would just always stay away from me, um, and it was always sort of assumed, like, I was, uh, I don't know, it was like I was assumed to be, like, this volunteer type of girlfriend, um, which I find interesting, and... And so this is the thing, right? So he would he would always lie and he would always make up stories to me and to others. So that's why I also like just highly believe highly believe? I strongly believe that he um he would do that, you know, to other to other people just lie about me and lie about all these things and what I would do and he always loved to be the victim and so I believe that he would tell people somehow in the relationship he had with me he was a victim. Um, like, you know, oh, I can't go to that because my girlfriend will not be Oh, my girlfriend, she really just did not be But I, you know, I don't have exact proof of that. But anyway, so, like, the biggest red flags were just, uh, he did some of the weirdest things, like, he would, so he would lie all the time. Um... So here, here are some of the lies that I remember. Like, um, at one point he had claimed <laughs> that some people had like broken into his house and beaten him up, uh, which is like the weirdest thing because who's gonna just come inside your house, beat you up, and then what? Leave? Like he made it seem also like he protected the house or something. And my dog is my dog is being weird. Hopefully you can't hear her. Um, so. Yeah, I was like, that's, that's, that's so odd, but at the same time, like, I remember he would, like, wince, like, if I touched him on accident or something happened, like, he would wince and be like, oh, I'm all bruised up, and, you know, he really played it up and had a, he always had, like, um, an answer for everything, and so it's just odd, right, so I was like, I don't believe it, but at the same time, it, especially in my life, I, I'm always, I've always 
even to this day, I'm always, like, really honest, so I, I just couldn't even believe why he would make it up, but, you know, that was one of those things where I was like, I, I don't think I believe this. Um, he would also, one time he lied and said that he had broken his toe, uh, and that, I remember for, like, one day he was limping, he never, like, showed me his toe or anything, he never brought it back up, but for like a day he had a broken toe supposedly remember he tried to sell me on this idea that he had a removable tooth and he would literally like supposedly take it off or something and i would say like take it off and he would like click it but he he was clicking his nail but he would like click it back into place and i was like no you don't have a removable t-. and that one i remember like we argued about it because he was like yes i do yes i do i'm like no you don't um he had also lied that, mm, he, so he had this cousin that he really, really looked up to, and at this point, I didn't know him, I hadn't met him, but he had told me this story about how his cousin had this girlfriend who was addicted to drugs, and she was supposed to be getting clean and all this stuff, and so one day, I don't remember the exact story, but basically she was at her dealer's house and she was like completely passed out and I believe he insinuated that the drug dealer had raped her I'm not sure maybe not I can't remember exactly the story but he basically said that he like rescued the girlfriend and killed the uh, the drug dealer because he had supplied the girlfriend and like almost killed her from the drugs and I'm like okay like um, I don't know. Um, I remember one time we were on the phone. It was like at nighttime, and he pretended that his parents had come into the into his room and started just beating him up, like with a belt or something. And while I was on the phone with him, he was like whimpering and saying stop and like crying. And his parents never did that to him. Um, I remember like one of the first things too when we started dating he was on so he was on the football team and they were doing like a banquet or something for the guys and so people were getting awards for different things and um he had said that he was going to get some big prize like i don't know i think it was like mvp it was like one like the biggest prize you can get the biggest award and um he had said he had said, oh, hopefully you can hear me, I just realized that it's not really from the microphone. Um, but he had said that he was going to get, like I said, some, some award, and so basically, long story short, he didn't end up getting that award, he would never got any award, he never got a mention, he never got anything. So then he's, like, crying out in the corner, and all his friends are passing by and looking at me, and I didn't really, it was just so awkward, I remember thinking, like, I, was, I remember thinking, like, you would have been nominated if you were going to win. Your name would have been mentioned. Something would have happened. What are you crying for? It's not even a big deal. The whole thing was just really weird and awkward. And I remember that was one of those first, like... The reason I even bring it up is because, obviously, his friends knew... I mean, how did he justify crying like that in front of everybody? It's just weird that he would do that. I, I guess. I like, it's so psychotic, like... To do that in front of everybody and make yourself look stupid just to be the victim to me uh, i don't know it's just very it's just convoluted i don't, I don't even know 
Um, what else did he do? Oh, about the football thing. He had said, uh, you know, when we were like seniors or something, he had said that he had gotten a football scholarship. He told my whole family. He was telling everybody. I mean, it got to the point where my my family was telling people, and the whole thing was a lie. Um, which is just messed up. Again, it's just wrong. It's it's like you know, it's like one thing to lie to me, but then to make it a bigger lie is crazy where you're involving my family and things like that you know um he did try to come between my parents many times and one time he tried he said he made up some like negative things about my mom um so it just so happened like i don't even know he did different things like his uncle happened to one time there was a like a gathering or something so my parents went his family was there and my mom realized she knew his uncle from a place she had worked and so he sam saw this opportunity and ran with it and told me all these sort of negative things that his uncle supposedly had told him about my mom and that just caused a huge rift for a while um and then he would say like that my mom said all these things to him that she didn't say to cause, like, a fight with them. Um, And it never truly worked, but it did cause, it did cause issues, if that makes sense. And at some point, he eventually made this huge thing between my parents and his parents to where they never, ever, like, talked to each other again. They were, like, they were over something so stupid he caused this huge argument with them um and he just i don't know he just like always lied about anything and anything and anything and everything and at like one time again we were like in high school he made up this whole cancer story he said that he um he had said that he had cancer i remember my parents were telling me that I was acting very strange and all these things and um I don't know you know I, I had to deal with that's that's very heavy for somebody and it's really it's especially messed up because his younger sister had died of cancer just a few years before that so it was a possibility technically that he could have had cancer you know this his sister was young she was I don't know eight or something um, so it was definitely a possibility that he could have had the same thing. So for him to make up this whole story and, you know, it went on for a while, was really messed up, you know. And whenever I would ask him about things or call him out, he would just confuse me enough where I would accept it. Um, if it got to be too much, you know, somet- sometimes I it was very clear or something. And I don't know, I would try to leave and... Every time I would try to leave him, he would say that he was going to kill himself. And I just remember that was really messed up. I just remember that really affected me for a long time because it really did keep me there. Um, I didn't want to have that on my conscience. I am an empath. Like, I never want anybody to feel that way. And I definitely never wanted to be responsible for something like that. And so, um, yeah, that kept me around. And... He would always just try to make me feel bad about him because, like I said, I'm very empathetic and I, he took advantage of that. So he'd always want me to feel bad to, to trap me, if that makes sense. Um, 
a few times even his mom got involved his mom would like try to get me to accept him um she would say things like don't you love him you know like in order to get me to do something um or you know just i don't know things like that and I don't I don't think he ever told her to do those things but she did you know um so anyway and he would just talk bad about my friends too like he'd make me he'd make me feel like I needed to separate from them he never said stay away from her don't talk to her nothing like that but the way he would talk about them and and things like that and it made me believe like it was best for me to to separate myself from them and so that was also just like really isolating and that made me have to rely on him a lot for even just like company you know and I remember like one day I was in school and I guess we had a girl I don't know what happened I guess we had gotten into some kind of argument or something and I was just crying I just like I was just crying and crying and crying I'm not a crier I never cry and I was just crying because I just wanted to escape. I just remember feeling like I needed to get out and I just couldn't. And he was there and I was just crying and some security card guard came over and then he started being like really aggressive. And um, I don't know, he made the situation very awkward and weird. And then I somehow ended up having to defend Sam and myself. And it just didn't, it just was very, that was not helpful. Like that's, you know, it just made me, it just changed the whole tone of the conversation and, or the argument and everything, and then it became about something else, and having to escape the security guard, and, um, it's just very weird and awkward, um, anyway, so, so then I would end up always having to be with, with his friends, if we were gonna hang out and stuff, it would be, like, with his friends, his family, um, his cousins, whatever, it wasn't usually, like, my side, if that makes sense, so, um, anyway, all of this was during high school, um, I don't remember everything, like I said, but those were just some, some things that, some of the big things that I remember that now I see as red flags, but eventually we did graduate, and, um, he ended up going into the Marines. So, when he went to the Marines, that was actually a great time uh, for me because during that time, so when when people go to the Marines, so they can't have phones. Um, they don't have phones, they don't have cell phones, they, don't, they cannot call home. Um, they call once when they arrive to let you know, hey, I arrived, and that's it. Um, so there's really like no communication, so he was pretty much out of my life at that point, and so I started to do better. Like, in high school, my grades weren't very good, and then once he was gone, I was in college, and I was doing so well. Um, I was on the dean's list. I had, like, straight A's. I was just doing really well. I was enjoying school, which I hadn't, hadn't enjoyed in a, in a long time. I got a job, and I even, like, started going out with friends, like, out places, which I would never do. I never went to parties in high school. I never hung out with friends or things like that. So um, it was like a really great time for me. Um, so the only way that he was able to communicate with me was through letters, like written letters, snail mail. So he started to write me letters 
would write back and even in the letters like he would make me feel that for being independent and he would make me feel like he was suffering a lot there at boot camp um he started again with the love bombing like he would just talk about all these other couples and like compare and some some stuff would be like good and he'd be like you know um oh i want to you know there's a guy here and he's 26 and has a family and i want to have that and and with you and all these things and then he'd say oh you know i have my 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 bunkmate or whatever they call him you know his girlfriend cheated on him and he did this and now he's so sad and he wants to leave and all these things and like i don't know what i would do if he did that to me and all these things are very manipulative you know and um I remember, I remember too, like, he, like, didn't, he would be, like, you know, like, I don't want you to be like that, don't be like that girl, um, once their boyfriend goes off to the Marines, they start cheating and doing this, or going out, or whatever, and he would, like, make me feel like those other girls, or whatever, were bad, and, like, don't be like them, you know, um, so anyway, so, he just, I don't know, he, made me like it was on letters like it's so easy to just say something right um and it's we're talking you know i would write a letter he wouldn't get it for two three weeks and same thing when he would write me a letter so there's no like real good communication or anything so it, it on paper like that it just seemed like our problems were sort of solved like our our relationship was in a much better place so by the time that he got out you know after a few months um, you know, I thought that things were, like, great, and so, um, after he, like, graduated, he ended up in San Diego for a few months, um, and so I was in LA, obviously, and so LA and San Diego aren't that far, so he'd, like, he'd come up for the weekends, and so I would see him, there would, he had his phone again, so we would talk again, you know, we'd have communication all the time, and so eventually, things sort of started to fall back into those patterns from before and um but but not all the way like he was kind of smart enough to to keep up this facade of like everything is great to the point where eventually um he so he sort of tricked me into living with him um, at some point he moved to Washington because of his job and in order to get me there, he basically really lied or, um, omitted a lot of stuff and twisted the truth and, um, basically he just made up this whole big lie. He made all these things up and all these, whatever. I ended up going to Washington and once I was there, um, his friends, you know, they were all talking and stuff, and I started to slowly realize that everything that he had said was a lie, and so he had essentially just tricked me to get there, and he admitted that he did that, um, so once I basically moved my whole life over there, and I started going to school in Washington and everything, I was like, well, I mean, you know, I felt like I had to stay, and, um, 
just slowly like I was so isolated I didn't know anybody I didn't have any friends or anything oh the school I went to everybody was so much older than me we're talking like you know I was like 19 or something and these people were like 50 or something you know so I it's not like I could make friends that easily they all had different lives basically um and so um yeah and so I just started to get depressed I think um we would fight a lot and we fought so much that we were we just couldn't be alone like we always had his friends over and like literally his friends were always there because we if we were alone we would fight and at some point you know after years you know I just I started I was so angry I remember I just I started to like hate him and so after living together for a few months um one day he put me in a chokehold and he kept me there and I don't know why but eventually he did let me go and I think like I don't know I think he got tired I don't know but remind you he's a full-on marine trained to essentially kill somebody um and he put me in a chokehold so after that I just remember like running out and this was in the winter in Washington it was freezing cold and I ran to the car and I just like stayed there I just remember crying there feeling like what am I gonna do what just happened I can't believe that just happened and um it was just, just so crazy I remember even just like the next day I was my neck was all messed up just from being there it was so cold and I you know I think I was in pajamas or something <clears throat> and uh I don't know I don't think he ever really fully apologized for that um after that happened everything just sort of went on a new path and I just got really really depressed for months I was it just put me in this really terrible place but eventually I think I got really angry and that motivated me to sort of move on and I think I did move on at that point I started getting healthy I started doing yoga um oh actually though before that I was so depressed I actually had failed out of college I, I completely like failed out I failed all my classes I couldn't do it I couldn't I was just I couldn't do it I couldn't do it anymore and I don't know what changed like I said one day I just I was like I'm done I'm done I'm done with this and I just got better and healthy by myself um I don't know I think I think what happened partially too was like at that point like Sam was confident that he sort of had me like I think he he didn't feel like he needed to do as much as he would to keep me around and so he kind of stopped paying attention I think which is why I got stronger but eventually he sort of did realize um I think he started to realize that he didn't really have control of me anymore um I even like I got a job and stuff and I think that um when he realized that he didn't have control anymore he started to get more aggressive and he would just like always trick me into things um and always manipulated everything I mean literally from here to the next like bullet point I have is probably like a three-year jump but like in those three years at that point I was done with the relationship and I didn't even fully leave for like three years later or something um it was always like one thing would happen or something else would keep me there like for example I remember one time I was like ready to leave him 
and we got into this car accident and then we ended up having to do like therapy together like um we had like the chiropractor and all these doctors and stuff and we had to like do that and um just like different things he then discovered he had some sort of growth or something so there was like another whole cancer scare or whatever and he had a surgery for it and I had to be there and you know his again parents would like manipulate me to make me feel bad to like be there part of the whole thing and um just so it's just different things like that like I tried to leave many times and it just didn't work out um but eventually um it got to the point where we made like a deal I made a deal with him and I said I'm leaving and this is the best way we can do it where you know it's like beneficial for you it's beneficial for me whatever I came at it in a really nice way where everybody wins financially and all these things right and um he agreed and then as time went on I realized that he was sabotaging the whole plan um he would literally just almost give away money so that there would be no money to move out um I mean whatever he could do to sort of sort of like sabotage I literally went through his bank statement and called him out on everything and he basically was like, yeah, like, I'm spending the money so you won't leave. Um, so that was, I remember just, like, I couldn't even believe that. And, again, made me feel trapped. And then I got to sit there and kind of figure out another plan, another way to get out. And so one day we were um, staying at my parents' house. And we had gone out with some friends. And we had gone out to, like, a bar. And I didn't drink I think I had like one or two beers and but he did he got like drunk so on our way home our friend he was driving us home and Sam started arguing with me about um like where the house was and it was literally an argument about whether it was on the left of us or the right of us and I was like this is really stupid and I'm not gonna participate and I was trying not to argue with him and me not being like interested in the argument really aggravated him and once we like got to the house he continued to try to argue with me and I was just kind of saying like yeah whatever like it doesn't matter we're here you know forget about it it's fine like I don't care you're right you know I could I said and did whatever I could to like stop the argument and um he was just really angry and he cornered me and um I, again, I was, like, not going to participate, and he just got really mad about it, and he, like, grabbed me, pushed me into this, into, like, this corner in the kitchen, and my neck, like, hit the corner really, really hard, um, and, you know, he, like, came up to me, and I was, like, completely knocked down, and I got up, and I, uh, um, then I like punched him right in the nose and I guess he wasn't expecting that and so he literally like went crying to my parents so my parents got involved and um basically he ended up like leaving that night and so that was like the night where I was like okay I'm done especially because I think one of the big things that was keeping me around as well was my parents and like I didn't want to be 
I didn't want to be like I don't know I just I didn't want them to feel bad about me being in that situation I didn't want them to feel like guilty also um I think I didn't want to admit like that I had allowed all this to happen and everything um but at that point that they knew I was like okay they saw this happen so I'm kind of good to go I'm gonna say this is I'm done like I'm leaving and so I did um and at first like Sam, he tried to blame me, and he tried to make excuses, and he tried different tactics, and then eventually he realized, like, I was done, and so he then tried to say that he was sorry, and that he was gonna change, and he said he was gonna do, like, AA, and therapy, and all these things, and I was like, you know, no, like, I'm done, you do what you gotta do to better yourself, but I'm, I'm done, and I ended up getting a new job, I moved in with my parents, and, um, over some time, like, he eventually started to leave me alone, but he, like, never paid me any money he owed me. He never, like, he never really tried to make an attempt to actually help me or care, you know what I mean? Even though on paper and words and text and he would say, you know, all these things, he would give me, like, attitude or he'll, like, message these long messages to me um, and say how sorry he is and all these things, but never really actually did anything you know what i mean um eventually you know i got a new partner um my partner now nelson he and i we got pregnant when sam found out he got really angry and aggressive he started calling and texting and like somehow i had betrayed him you know when i hadn't been with him for for years or year two years i don't even know um and so <clears throat> um eventually like years later he tried to he sent me a message one day basically saying he would accept me and my baby um and i'm like that's it's just the most ridiculous thing he said he would accept my baby because the baby is a part of me um and it's just crazy like the entitlement is is just that's what just takes me by surprise it's crazy and um you know he would still even not that long ago he text me how much he loved me how he could never love anyone else that he couldn't succeed in his relationships because of me because he always compared me to everybody else and that all his exes were like jealous of me and they knew about me and they knew they couldn't compare and um you know all these all these things and eventually he did like admit to me that he did abuse me um but he still like found a way to justify it by saying he you know he was young he didn't know how to basically like how to love like he he felt like he had to control me to love me um and i don't know and all these weird things and um i don't know it's it's rough because um you know i don't want him to contact me or any of those things and even now, like, you know, he says all these things, he's sorry about everything, and yet he's still not respecting my boundaries. Um, I want nothing to do with him. I live in fear that one day I'll run into him or his parents or something, and one of the things that scares me the most is um, uh, him, like, seeing my kids or something. That terrifies me, and, like, I've literally had panic attacks over it. Like, I just, I fear running into him so bad, and like sometimes I feel like also I just want to clear my name and like my reputation and like all those people that knew me like in high school and all that stuff like I feel like 
or even like my family like I would love to almost like clear my reputation because I have I think these views of it and I think everybody kind of thought I was a bitch and that he loved me so much like like you know but I I feel because it wasn't that way you know like he would cheat on me he would disrespect me he tricked me he would embarrass me he would do all these things and so sometimes I feel like I want to say look at what a piece of shit he was to me but you know at the same time now especially now I'm in therapy and stuff and I realize like it doesn't really matter and telling people doesn't change anything and um you know it is what it is it's part of my story I think the best thing that I can do now is basically like I said talk about it so that other people know um so that they can protect themselves from being in the same situation i know that everything that i said is sort of vague and like i said all of this was like with like seven eight years of my life um and there's just so much bullshit i can't remember all of it um some of it i don't even really want to go too into it um but you know it's just like i said i it's I, i'm not talking right even i'm sorry if the way i'm speaking is annoying but it's just like there's just so much stuff and um it's just too messy so this was just like a quick you know like overview of my experience so i'm i don't know i hope that you know if you got to this part um thank you for listening it's the first time i've ever said anything and you know i'm not even it's not even about like i said i'm not even trying to clear my name or out him or anything I just don't want anybody to go through these things because it really sucked I, I've never f felt so trapped in my life I, it's this feeling I can't even describe the feeling it, I, I feel like it must feel like being deserted on a desert with no water no food and you're lost you don't know where you are and it, like this desperate feeling I mean that's just the best way I could describe it um so yeah so anyway I am back sort of um I will be back with more cases more crime castle stuff um I just I felt inspired like I said to tell the story um so thank you if you if you did listen to it thank you because like I said it is it's complicated and whatever but it's the first time I've spoke about it. So it's a very vulnerable thing. <sighs> anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Sarai. Thank you for listening. I'll be back. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Bye.